So the party has uh, conjured for itself the ability to break the law and conjure money and illegally buy corporate debt. And this week there was a tiny little bump in the road of crypto. And should we all be owning things that are real, things made by God? Well, that's my contention. We'll talk about that with Zach Abraham. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which the good Lord has decided we will all live. So he chose us for these times. He could pick to have us born at any time. As you look about, these are the things you're doing. Or to say it in the way John Mellencamp said it, your life is now. So there's been some tiny bumps in the road, according to some people in crypto. Other people say it's been, well, in trouble. I don't track it. I don't feverishly track stocks. I consider it all conjuring and uh, manipulation. And I don't think it's uh, rational anymore. I mean, there's rationality to it. There's greed. And that's why I turn uh, to get advice on this stuff from uh, from Zach Abraham, because Zach is a truth teller. Uh, he's a man of God, and he's willing to name names within his own industry as to people who are not being honest uh, in relation to stocks and bonds. And and I guess more importantly, the financial you know instruments were forced uh, to work within, which is the Fed and the Treasury, and and their just magical ability to, out of thin air, invent money, and then use the invented money to purchase real debt, uh, and alleviate that debt from the books of companies who are mobbed up at a zero percent interest rate loan, which is not a loan; it's a gift. <laughs> and why pay that back? What's the penalty? Uh, and with this, you know, arrangement that they have, it's in our retirement accounts, it's in our savings accounts, and and it has put in my mind the desire to own real things. And I consider land real. I consider well, gold is real. It has value because we say it does. It doesn't. I think have intrinsic values. It's useful in building things. I guess you can make things with it, and it's useful in what processors and such. But that's my that's my predilection. And the Chinese agree they're buying land, uh, they're buying they're buying oceans or they're seizing them, they're buying sand for silicon, which is a physical item. God made sand, and they are trying to corner parts of the world's supplies of fresh water. And I would say water is a pretty precious asset. I don't know if you've seen the Road Warrior, but water and gasoline and oil and trucks those are pretty precious assets. Now, I'm not saying, and I am not an investment advisor. God forbid you take my investment advice. God forbid I, I'm the worst investment advisor. I am, I'm not risk adverse. I mean, um, you don't live the lifestyle I've lived with all the startups and I'm doing another one now. The podcast is a startup. If you're risk adverse, you know, in this case, I believe I've just thrown it all over to the Lord. Uh, but my view on this is we're, we're living a world of make-believe. And sooner or later, make-believe is found out. I think it's being found out. I think that as you're watching the corporate media now and the Mockingbird media sprint 
to suddenly get out ahead of the things that they've ignored for all these years and the, 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 to get out ahead of, of the truths they've refused to tell about the COVID flu and about the lockdowns. But there's a report out today. A friend of mine sent it to me from the Washington Times. Wow, looks like the lockdowns didn't help. Oh, no kidding. Wow, if only one had been saying that for the past two years on a morning radio show in Seattle and every time I got the chance to do it on uh, God Rest Russia's show, and if it wasn't just me, if there were others who'd been pointing out the fact that it can't work and that it has never worked. So we're watching the lies found out now. We're seeing God lift the curtain and letting people see what's inside of it. But if there's going to be more. People are going to find out more about the magic involved in finance. And when that happens and when people lose trust and they're going to, and it's going to be massive, when people figure out the card tricks, the, the three-card the three Monty shell game stuff that they've been playing, and when stuff crashes, I, I, I mean, I get it. I understand the Bitcoin instincts. I understand why people back Bitcoin, but it's a fiat currency as I see it. It's, it's the fiat currency. Right, the United States can just say, "Well, our dollar's worth this much because we say so," and and yeah, I guess it has value because people buy things with it. It's been attached value, but truly, when people discover how gamed and how rigged the system is, and they begin to understand that the money you thought you had for retirement, yeah, maybe you don't, because as the party installs negative interest rates. As the party comes and says, we need to be able to subtract money from your savings account, just as it earns money, we need to be able to subtract it. Not in the way of taxes. No, this is in addition to that. This is to, to, uh, to respect the economic reality. What's happened? Our, our economy has constricted. Therefore, your savings account must restrict. Well, in that case, land to live on, food to eat, fuel to burn, water to drink, fuel to warm yourself, clothing to drape your body with, those things are going to be of value. They're always going to be of value. Keeping yourself fed, yourself and your family, keeping yourselves in water, yourselves and your family, and keeping yourselves and your family warm or ability to control your body temperature. If you live in a hot climate, that's always going to be worth something. And for us as Christians, those of us who are Christians, and I think most of us at this point listen to the podcast are or are leaning that way, we also need to be able to help the less fortunate. We need to be able to help the least of these because Jesus had said, as you treat the least of these, so you treat me. And I don't know that fake things are going to be able to allow us to do for the least of these, the way that land and and houses and fuel and food and water will. That's why I have this particular bias as it relates to finance. But that's also why I bring Zach Abraham on because that's my bias. Those are my fear-based. Well, I don't know that it's fear-based. I don't don't feel afraid. The Lord has said 365 times in the Bible, be not afraid. So I don't think I'm afraid. I think I have concerns. I think everybody should have concerns. So joining us now to talk about this is the Chief Investment Officer of Bulwark Capital Management, Zach Abraham. Yeah, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, always good to be back. Happy to be here. Yeah, I know that was a pretty sunny intro I gave. (laughs) 
that make, make, make people feel good about the future. And there was uh, a little bit of a hiccup this week with uh, with crypto. I got some some of my crypto fans. I got a, a bunch of people who wrote to me and said, hey, Todd, uh, stick to bartering eggs up in the, the free uh, the free mountains or high mountains of free America. Uh, let us let us adults handle the crypto. So let's start with that. And then I want to talk about this ownership over things that God made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so first I, I, I've got to explain, I, let me, let me go back to kind of my first introduction to crypto. Yeah. Um, because I was keen to it before anybody else I know, and I'm not taking credit cause I would love to tell you the story of how I put $10,000 in Bitcoin and $1. That didn't happen. Um, most of that was because I was broke at the time. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, full caveat, but, but I remember specifically when it happened because everybody talking about the inflation that's occurring right now, um, we were, and we were wrong, but we admittedly, we we were very much thinking that was going to happen post financial crisis. So we were all bulled up on gold, had a wonderful run in gold and gold stocks from the end of the financial crisis into the end of 2011. But, but I was keen to Bitcoin because I remember the day it was announced. I remember sitting in my office and actually calling my uncle who runs a money management firm down in Panama that specializes in natural resources. That's where he made his shots. And I said, Hey, have you heard of this thing called Bitcoin? And he goes, no. And I said, I I still remember the conversation. I said, quote unquote, this is text shot across the bow of fiat currency. And when you get into Bitcoin and study it, um, I love the way it works. I love the way it's composed. I love the way it is anti-fiat. I think the world would be a much better place if we ran off Bitcoin. And that is precisely why it scares me. Okay, because Bitcoin holds governments accountable. It is not fungible. You cannot create more. I love that. People that describe it as digital gold, it is. But if you think the central banks around the world who have a monopoly on printed money are going to give that up to a bunch of internet-based crypto pirates, you're out of your mind. And so one of the things I've said to people is, I think you should have, as part of a diversified portfolio, a little bit in this stuff. But everything that they're saying about reasons why they like it, Todd, I agree with them. That's also my biggest fear. Because if you think that, if you think Jerome Powell And if you think the guys that run the ECB, which is now Christine Lagarde, she went from the IMF to the, if you think these people are going to sit down and let the world economy be run via Bitcoin rather than their, I mean, think about, think about the hubris involved with these people, right? They are now the avenue from which money flows from. They ain't giving that up. And everybody goes, well, there's nothing back in the U.S. uh, dollar. Mm, Pretty big military. Okay. Bitcoin doesn't have a military. And and, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm dogging on the Bitcoin protocols. I love it. I think the world would be a better, more just place if we ran via Bitcoin. And that's why you should have some. But I have never seen outside of a few stories and a few articles here and there. I have never seen people be continually successful being one asset class investors. So whether it's gold, whether it's Bitcoin, guys, the answer is not one thing. The answer is multiple things. For instance, If the price of crude oil goes to $350 a barrel, people will gladly sell their Bitcoin to drive their car, right? (laughs) That doesn't make Bitcoin not valuable, right? 
It doesn't mean that it's not going to do better than the dollar, but inflation is an inexact science. And everybody that thinks they've got the one thing that's going to work, it's just not historically accurate. You got to spread those bets out. So I, you know, the way we like to do it, Todd, is we always have a little bit of Bitcoin in the accounts. I think right now it's like 1.3% of our clients accounts. We've gotten it up as high as like three to four, but, you know, the other side of it is don't tell me where you think it's going. Nobody knows because there's no history there, right? So the thing I say is that I'm with what these people are saying about Bitcoin. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they're right. I love it. Okay. And, and that's also one of my, I think that's one of the biggest dangers to it. Okay. You know, the people, the powers that be do not want to, they don't want competition. Okay. So people are going to be mad at me again. And, and there's nothing that my, no, it's true. Nothing that the, the listener family gets more upset with me about uh, it's the Bitcoin, Bitcoin, because I called it the ultimate fiat. And I'll tell you why. Because the government that backs the, the U.S. dollar does have a great big, huge military. Um, they also have, and I'm not, I'm not you know, I, it's well known that I consider Tony Fauci a, a, a psychopath. And I'll make that case anywhere, anytime to anybody. And I think he works around psychopaths. I'm not, I'm not calling our generals names like that. I just, I think that, I think that, um, you know, General White Rage is, well, he's General White Rage. I think that says it all. They'll go do things because they're told to do things. But for me, the fiat nature of this is with, with Bitcoin and I get it. The security, you can't make more. All that's brilliant. It's brilliant. I, I, I honestly love that. And I agree with you. It would be a just world. If we went this way, here's where it becomes fiat to me. You just said oil goes to three fifty a barrel. People are going to sell their Bitcoin to drive their car. If oil goes to 700, uh, you're going to beg to sell your Bitcoin to heat your house. And if it or goes food prices, right. If it goes to a thousand bucks, Hey, you want a sandwich, honey, make me a sandwich. <laughs> hey, baby, sell the Bitcoin. I'll make you a sandwich. Right. 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 Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. And, and here's, here's one of the other um, problems that we've had with Bitcoin and, and trying to pin a value on it. Um, Bitcoin has no IP. I mean, there's no patents, right? There is literally nothing stopping anybody from going out and creating a Bitcoin that one for one copies Bitcoin's protocol, okay? So it literally does the exact same thing that Bitcoin does. Now the Bitcoin maximalists and what I will call them is the people that think they should have all of their money in one asset class. Um, and hey, look, if they did that at Bitcoin a thousand, tip of the cap, right? Um, but but a, a point I make to the Bitcoin maximalists is that if we can just make another Bitcoin, then really what your argument on the value of Bitcoin is, is the network effect. That's, that, that, that's really where you're saying all the value is. Now, I don't think that's a completely erroneous assertion. If you look at Facebook, for instance, Facebook's entire value proposition as a company is the network effect, right? All social media companies yeah. are like that. And that's how they, so I'm not saying, but what I'm saying is when you're talking about a currency, if there is no real underlying value, it doesn't mean that it's not going to a million. What it means is you need to know that you, you own something that if you're saying it, it's valuable, and this is, the, this is the break in logic that I've experienced with a lot of crypto fans, is that if you're saying it's, it's so good because of all the features, again, I agree with you, but there's no IP. So then that inherently means that 100% of its value rests on the network effect. And they're like, well, the dollar's not any different. Nah, it is. There's laws backing the dollar supremacy, right? Well, Every no, no, single wait, commodity. Let's, let's be clear. There's laws on the little people. 
Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. okay that's so true. There's right. suge- laws. There, yes. There's diktats. Let's have the right, right. word. There's diktats. Diktat. Yeah. Right. Laws for thee and not for me. Right. right. So anyway, w- when you're going to price something like a currency that does not produce cash flows on a on a network effect, it gets sticky because how do you value a network effect? I just think that it's not. There is no one solution to this problem. I think that owning some Bitcoin is a good idea. Uh, uh, a little amounts, but, but not much. Okay. And the reason why is because, you know, people make the same argument about things with gold, Todd. Yeah. When economies collapse and inflation goes through the roof, people sell their gold for goods. I'm going to tell you that, that if, you study, um, if you study the breakdowns of society, and I do believe... God is going to, he's, he's, look, he's going to have a, there's going to be a revival in the United States globally. I mean, you have Muslims waking up this. If you read about the incredible series of dreams that are happening, the Muslim people, Muslim people where the Lord Jesus is visiting them. I've heard stories about it. And there's an incredible story uh, of a guy that, um, Oh, there's an unbelievable YouTube video of a guy that was a Muslim that sought out to disprove Christianity and became a pastor himself and, yeah. and a born again Christian before he passed away of cancer. So but. we have, I have friends once removed, I haven't met them yet, but they're part of our prayer group um, who've been in Northern Iraq for the past couple of years and they've never seen anything like it. They have Muslims coming to them saying, the Lord Jesus came to me in a dream. I need to be baptized. So I, I think spiritually there's going to be, the, the Lord is going to have a jubilee. I think that the United States is getting an opportunity to save itself because the Lord has lifted the curtain and truth tellers like you are saying, hey, look behind the curtain and look and, and see what we see. But when you study breakdowns of society, like I do, you want to know what the, what the number one barter items are when stuff gets really bad. Then we'll talk about, we'll talk about land. We'll talk about owning the things God made here. Um, Zach, one of the number one things is laundry detergent, shoes, and alcohol. Those are the things that when society breaks down, right? People want honey. Why? Well, because it's an antibiotic. And if you don't have access to drinking water and I'm going to, I'm here to tell you, and again, I'm not trying to be a fatalist. I just said, Mm -hmm. and I believe the United States can be saved. I truly believe the United States can be saved. Um, and I think it's going to be saved and I think it will give us a chance to save souls. But if you live in the city and you've been through a brownout or anything like that, wait until you don't have the money to run the water systems or the people working the water systems don't work there. It, look, it, it, the United States has no special shield. We've seen what's gone on in Brazil. Look at what's gone on in Brazil. Those are people without food or water, right? Um, and and I, or Venezuela is a better example. I mean, look, that's, that's yeah. what I'm, but when I talk about owning real things, Zach, that's what I mean. That you have things I- that you can clothe, feed, and keep people warm with. Well, the, the other side of it now to flip back to in, in look, I, I agree with you in so many ways. I mean, whether you want to look at the financial picture, whether you want to look at the cultural picture, um, you, you cannot continue on this way. Right. It, it, right. I mean, it, a bad ending is inevitable. I mean, it just is, you know, the timing of it is obviously interesting because I think that they can string this game out longer than most think. And truth be told, Todd, they already have. If you told me that the S&P 500 was going to be at 35,000 by the year 2022, <laughs> I'd have laughed at you. I just would have said, there's no way this is going to be the longest bull market that goes the highest ever. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that, I, and I think that you're, you're, you're dead on. And, and one of the ironies of it 
is just listen to people talk. That's all the stuff that nobody's interested in. Right. You know, we're, we're, you know, we, we look at, uh, you know, and again, I'm not saying that this is an advertisement, but, uh, you know, we had an incredible day in the markets today in our accounts. We were up two and a half percent. Market was up like 0.7. Um, you look at the energy stocks, they're really starting to take off. You go start doing the fundamentals behind these energy stocks. They've literally never been so cheap. They've never been so cheap and everybody's ignoring them because we're living in fantasy can, world. Can, we're going to, can you not, there's people listening. Can you not say that until yeah. I buy more? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been screaming it on a rooftop right. for a year and I a half that. and I don't think it's really worked. So right. we'll talk, we'll talk about real things with Zach here in a second. Um, I don't know if you heard this, Zach, but we have brought on, you know, I made a commitment when I started the podcast, you know, this, we talked about this um, as I'm spending money to grow the podcast and God has been so good to us in terms of listenership. We had a 26%. No, that's not right. Uh, a 64% month over month growth in listeners from December to now. Wow. It's explosive. I don't know if you know this, but I made this, this decision to help small businesses um, who are growing. A great friend of mine who's a friend of the company, friend of the country, he, he knows the Lord. He's a, he's a good Christian man. His name is John. He started a business for his sons. Well, he has three sons. One is a very successful in, in construction. Two of his boys are, are profoundly impacted um, um, they, they've, uh, by um, uh, uh, being on the spectrum, the autism spectrum. So he wanted them to work. He didn't want them to have subsistence. So he founded a company called Allen's Artisan Soaps. And what he's done is he makes soaps, 100% natural ingredients. They're made in the United States. Clearly his sons are involved in this. And they're incredible, like old fashioned soaps. Not the, not the stinky chemical soaps that you buy at the China Mart, et cetera. This stuff is handmade and it's made in the country, all natural ingredients. What's so cool about it is there's stories connected with this. And you're going to see Alan. He's the boy who, the young man who does a lot of the work himself because they will not automate. They won't automate the packaging, et cetera, because Alan is happy with these soaps. It makes him happy. He picks out some of the scents. Um, and there's several cents, several different levels of suds you get with this. And this company's growing. And their idea is they want more companies like this where young men like Alan work and have the dignity of work. And this month, you go buy the soap, you, you clean your family, you clean yourself. You are helping an organization, a company set out to make sure people work and get the dignity of work. So here's what you do. Go to allensoaps.com. That's A-L-A-N-S soaps.com. Make sure you use my code Todd, T-O-D-D. And $1 from every bar sold is going to go this month to the Special Olympics, which is another way for young men and young women who are told that they have limits to blow out those limits. So I am so very proud. My wife loves this soap. We're buying it for other people. It's allensoaps.com. Use my, uh, my, my code word, Todd, at checkout. I saw you write that down. You're going to buy some Allen soap, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just, we're, we're going to make it the soap for our office and house. So we're just going to, I love it. We're, we're just going to get it on renewal. No, I just, we, we got to, we, we got to support stuff like yes. this when we see it. You right. know, I I'm agree. a firm believer of that. Well, and if good that. people support each other, you know, that it, things work out. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, when you get it, let me know, you get a picture of Alan and, and you'll get stories from Alan about why he picks certain scents. You'll love this, right? So, and make sure oh, that I you, love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. for men's and women's bathrooms, choose the good sense. So, um, Zach, we got a bunch of questions. I want to ask you these questions, but let's start with this. How do you, in a retirement portfolio, and is it even wise 
to, to bias a portfolio towards real things. Oil is a real thing. Electricity is a real thing. Land is a real thing, right? Uh, pork bellies are real. I mean, I don't want a bunch stored in my house, but you know, that's, that's not how futures work if you do it right. So is it a wise thing, real estate, like I said, land, is it a wise thing to bias a portfolio towards the things that God made real things? Well, I mean, at the right times it is, um, you know, look, this is kind of one of those answers that nobody else wants that people usually don't want to hear. Um, the bottom line is, is it is, if you know what you're doing. So for instance, um, in our value portfolio that I run, right. That's it. I'm out. You said, if I know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in, in our value based portfolio that I'm running, that I'm the, that I'm the portfolio manager on, um, we are 30% in oil and natural gas right now. Okay. So that is massive. That is massive exposure. Uh, the S and P and the reason when I say it's overweight or when I say it's massive, we're looking at the stock market, right? Cause as a, as a money manager, that's what I'm trying to beat. Yeah. Um, and that's not the only goal that we have. We're trying to make sure that we don't only beat it, but you know, if, if I lose 62% and the market's down 70, I'm not calling that a beat, right? So, okay. you know, we've got to protect assets, but, um, if, if what I want to look at is how much of the energy sector does the S and P 500 consist of? So right now, two and a half percent of the S and P is in energy. Our portfolio is 30. Okay. So you have to be aware when you're rolling that heavy into a sector that if that thing starts to go against you, it can really upend a year's worth of earnings. This is why we do something called hedge, meaning what it allows me to do is hold on to the stuff that I like the most, but ride out the downturns because when the stuff I love the most, this happened uh, uh, late in the year last year, uh, the Omicron variant came out, oil started taking a header. We hedged up our energy positions. Okay. So we bought things that went up when energy positions went down. Energy positions went down like 30%. We took the profits from the hedge and bought more of the energy positions we liked. If you know how to do that and manage the position, right, then, then you can be loaded up. But, but anytime I'm loaded up um, and anytime I'm aimed to a certain thing, you've got to be really conscious because the last thing on earth you want to see, you know, is the S&P going up 60 or 70% and you're down 20 Okay. Right. Um, and, and see, this is why when you say things and you say it that way, that's where I need you. Because I don't have the attention span to do that. I, and I, yeah. like, you know me, you know, like, I, you, you, I don't. It's, I will sit down to build a thing from Ikea. And I get to part D and I'm, I'm looking longingly at like my Glock going one shot <laughs> I didn't say I didn't to the do that roof too. of the mouth, right? It's clean and well, in yep. fact, you could, you know, and I don't want to get graphic, but that's, I mean, part D on Ikea. And so my wife, and I should admit this, people should come right now and say, you're not a man. And they'd be right. My wife, no, she did. She built the greenhouse. And it's not like I, and I look, I carried the beams and the big heavy stuff. And I, I was the stupid mule, you know, the work, the work beast. So my wife's out there figuring out where stuff goes. And, and I'm just looking at this and my eyes are bleeding already. There's how many screws? There's there's 12 screws. I'm out. Yeah. And I'll say the same thing too, you know, and I don't say this just because I manage money. Um, Look, I, I know people that have been successful managing their own money. 
Um, what I will tell you is it's like any other profession that first of all, I think that there's acumen and talent that you're born with. Yeah. Um, and it, and it comes in different shapes and sizes. The other thing is there's no, there is no replacement for time in the saddle, meaning it's just, it, you know, it's like any other profession or anything. You learn so many different things. And, and one of the things that you learn, Todd, and I think this is really what kills investors, you learn how not to lose. And you start realizing that the not losing really is the point of the game. Meaning you're going to have losers. If we can identify them quickly and get rid of them before they come big losers, that really is the game. The wins will take care of themselves, right? It, they really will. It's like in life, focus on the things we can control, right? I can't control whether Microsoft's going to go up 20 or 30%, but I can control how closely I'm paying attention to my positions and you know, putting basically, and just don't do this arbitrarily again, to know when to do this takes a lot of time and it's not an exact science, but it's really avoiding the losses. And that's one of the reasons we hedge, you know, meaning one of the things I also have to think about as a money manager is my only goal is not to post the greatest return by the end of the year. If the, if the ride is so volatile that my clients bail halfway through, I, I haven't done them any good. Right. And so not only do we have to manage the position, we also have to manage the volatility in the portfolio. And that's where a lot of, I can't tell you how many times I've seen clients pick the right thing, but then sell it because it got hit by 25 or 30%. And, and that's, that's where the science comes in and that's where the risk management comes in. Um, you know, like our clients, you know, we didn't have a single client try to bail during COVID because they were only down 6%, right? So when you control the risk, you control the panic. And I, you know, that's to me is where the art comes in. Is That's the tough part. All right. So we're going to get some questions uh, for Zach Abraham, chief investment officer at Bulwark Capital Management. The first one is obviously an attack on me. It's a personal attack. It's mean spirited. It's cruel. Uh, so I'll ask that question. That's coming up in a second. No, I will. I will. Uh, now, see. In but my they listen to the podcast. Yeah. But no. they listen to the podcast. No, 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 no. It starts with love. You'll see. Hey, by the way, speaking of the podcast, I want to thank everybody who decided to go to the Spotify app and rate it. There's also people who decided, and this is sort of a shot across the bow, the Spotify. Uh, a bunch of people have gone to the Spotify app to listen to the show so that our numbers grow on Spotify. We've been in the top 30 of Spotify, which is insanity. Uh, thank you, God. Thank you to this audience. Rating our podcast on those apps is so important to keep us there. Joe Rogan actually apologized for some of his coverage about the COVID, which he didn't need to do. And that's not going to gain him anything. And he doesn't need my advice. He's incredibly rich, incredibly successful. But man, you know what it is. You apologize to the party. They taste blood. <laughs> they want to come and suck some straight out of your aorta. Hey, we got, we got uh, Rogan bleeding on the lips. Suck his neck. Um, so please on the podcast, <laughs> Zach just looked at me like, did you just say suck Joe Rogan's? Um, <laughs> uh, rating it and leaving notes, uh, is super important. So thank you uh, for that. All right. So Zach, here's the first question. Um, and it comes from Patty in Austin, Texas. Obviously it's Austin. Dear Todd, I do love your show. Next time you're on with Zach Abraham, will you please ask him to explain Bitcoin to you? You clearly think it's just computer code. Please, please go back up into the mountains and sell more apple cider, whatever it is you and your wife sell. I do love the program. Thank you for putting God at the center. Patty from Austin, Texas. I don't sell apple cider, by the way. It's, it's moonshine whiskey. <laughs> 
It's good for when, you. When you're fully vertically integrated, maybe you will. Right? Like a big <laughs> yeah. tech company. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's <laughs> It'll a, be Herman's apples, Herman's underwear. I mean, I can yeah. see it right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think you kind of uh, answered that question a little bit, uh, but I just wanted you to know that people really are mad. Um, this is a question from a 56-year-old, cu- well, the couple, gentleman here. Um, this is Howard. And Howard writes, from our old stomping grounds and still yours of Seattle, my wife and I are 56 and 57 years old, and we've done nothing to prepare for retirement. We thought we were okay because we were government employees. Both of us lost our jobs because we would not take the injections. Uh, We're probably going to lose our pensions as well and that we are not fully vested. Um, I would go into financial detail. I would just simply tell you that right now we have about two years of living cash on hand. We own most of our house, have about 10% left to pay. A house is worth about $800,000. Um, can Zach tell me that all is not done and all is not lost? Yeah, I can tell you that. I've seen worse scenarios. Um, and the saving grace for them is, is the house scenario. Also the two years of savings. Uh, yeah, they're not done. What, what, um, oh man, if somebody wrote, if somebody laid out that scenario, <laughs> I would just tell them, Hey, let's set up a call and go through it. Um, because you're not done. Um, and there are safe ways to grow those assets and get them working for you. Um, and, and here's the thing. I've very rarely seen scenarios where people really are done. It's never too late. Um, you know, obviously time compresses the, the range of outcomes. Um, but no, I, especially with, and here's one of the opportunities, especially with, I think the inflation that we have on the, you, I look back at the seventies and I think it's a really good analog for where we're at. Mm-hmm. If you were relying on traditional investments like stocks and bonds through the seventies, you got smoked. Okay. If you were invested in natural resources and real things during the seventies, you became wealthy. Okay. So I look at people like that 57 you know, they realistically have a 10 year time horizon. They might have to work more, you know, maybe they have to go back to work, but no, by 68, 67, if things are done correctly, they could still be sitting on a nice nest egg. I would tell them that they cannot afford to sit in cash though and they can't waste any more time, but no, not, not even close to all is lost. Okay, good. So I'm glad to hear that. And I would just add to these guys, um, have you taken this to the Lord? Because uh, no, truly, I think the party stole your jobs from you and it sounds like they're trying to steal your pensions. And I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but thou shalt not steal. Um, And the Lord has told employers and, and he's told masters do not steal a day's wages, pay your employees at the end of the day. They need that money. Uh, Do not abuse them. Do not bully, bully them. And the Lord is not going to be mocked, nor is the God going to turn his face from you. If you will go now to your knees and tell the Lord what you told us that you're afraid. I mean, that's, that's the subtext of your note is that you're afraid the Lord deals in fear um, and the yeah. Lord is our refuge. And if you will go to him and involve him in this, right, what's been stolen from you, the Lord can repay. And he will also care for you more than he cares for the sparrows in the field, right? And, and, or in the sky, he really will. So please involve the Lord in that. And, and I, I think that's yeah. very important for people, right? Um, last question. Hey. Go ahead. Well, hold on on that one. That, yeah. That's my life experience. That's my, that's absolutely been my experience. And one of the things the closing part to me, looking back on why it took me so much to, to refocus my life yeah. was because if I get down to the brass tacks of it, I didn't trust his plan. You didn't trust And Scott. I say that now. Oh yeah. no, I had better ideas. <laughs> I wanted to be the captain. I, right? I wanted to be the captain of yeah. my own fate. I love that so uh, much. And what, and one of the things that I figured out was what if his plans are a lot more ambitious than yours? 
What yeah. if they're a lot bigger than yours? Yeah. And, and in fact, for me, they were, and, um, I think for a lot of us, they are, God made us all for a purpose and finding that purpose is to connect with who we were meant to be when we were knitted together in our mother's wombs. Right. 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 No, that's a beautiful way to say it. And I laugh because yeah, I, 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 the most fundamental importance and effective prayer I ever said, and Zach, I had results the next day. And no, I did. I had two results the next day, clear as day. And I picked mm-hmm. one of them, but the other one, I said, nah, it's, it's, nah, it's not right. You <laughs> guess, guess which one worked out really well. Right. Yeah. So, probably yeah, probably yeah, the one you adhered to. Right. Right. I see God sitting there going, so not the other one. Okay. My other one. And we talk about this with my pastor sometimes is, is people will say, Lord, I, I want to be rid of this sin. Right. Um, and it could be a man who struggles with pornography or it could be, or I guess women struggle with it too, or, or, or coveting your neighbor's house or whatever. And, um, or, you know, this anger, I have this sin of just hatred and, and please get rid of it, but not now because <laughs> I got a weekend in Vegas coming up. So get rid of the sin, but Lord, just wait until after the weekend in Las Vegas and then get rid of it. So there's that as well. Um, closing, closing question comes from Todd in, um, in Hauser, the area, Hauser area of, of North Idaho. Um, it says here, uh, I hear Zach has promised to do the CrossFit workout, Karen, uh, with his trainer. <laughs> <laughs> and has predicted that he will do it in t- another Todd in your neighborhood. That is so, so weird. That, what a coincidence. It's just like, yeah. an, just like an hour South of us. Um, I, I would say, um, and it says here that, that he heard that you promised to do the CrossFit workout called Karen. Um, and that you'd predicted you would get it done in 10 minutes. Um, so it was a two part question. When are you doing the workout and do you stand by the 10 minute prediction? I do not stand by the prediction. I'm in the investment world. We, Todd, we offer ranges. Okay. Okay. All right. So my, my guess is between 10 to 30. Uh, (laughs) You you didn't let me get in the next part. All right. Um, See, that's another thing with investment guys. You got to be careful with is we can change the goalposts on you really quick. I'm just going to tell you this. Uh, If you come in under, if you come in above 15 minutes, you're going to be outside the range of old people, my age. So, (laughs) okay. But hey, before we leave, I'd want to, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to co-opt to here, but just for the, you know, for those people you're talking about, about wanting to fix something that they're working on, just a quick little plug preach for me. Yeah. One of the things I've found so helpful in my life, if you've got a problem that you need to fix, just get close to God, right? It's like the story in the Bible about reaching out and touching the garment. My wife and I call it a proximity problem. If you try to fix the sin yourself and discipline your way out of it, you're lost. Just get close, get close and all of that will be burned off. Yeah. And then, uh, and then there's this, that I would just extend this. Um, what, what I kept away from was I really liked it when God came and rescued me, um, and made me feel loved. Uh, but when he tried to change me, man, that was painful. Um, no, truly. I mean, you think of what it always is right. And being molded is painful. Like I had this, this debate with my CrossFit coach the other day, like massage is evil. I don't want people touching me. Right. I mean, I get, a, I let a chiropractor touch me. My wife can touch me, but I don't want, I don't want some masseuse touching me. Um, but God almighty who made you, Hey, sometimes it's painful being molded. Um, but it was painful being born. Right. I mean, that wasn't a lot of fun for our moms or babies don't enjoy it. Right. Coming out of the womb is not fun. That's why they cry. It was warm in there. It was nice. It was, you know, I was used to the noise factor. I liked my mom's heartbeat. Right. But, but if, if you're never born, you, you never get to grow. Right. So winning, winning, winning teaches us nothing. 
winning just affirms what we already knew, which is that we're good, right? <laughs> yes. that, that we, we can handle it. Yeah. It's pain is pain's how we learn. Yeah. No, and I know that you've been through that as well. So uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week other than uh, we'll start with your results and Karen. Um, now, are you going to take <laughs> video of that? I may. I may. I'll have my trainer do it. You know what I think we'll do? What I think we'll do is we'll put together a little, uh, you know, what if we could raise like a thousand bucks for Special Olympics, you know? Something like that. I'm all over it. All right. So yeah, you, I'm yeah. all over it. All right. So then here's the deal. Uh, let me know in email if you'll contribute. Uh, let's say, let's start with a hundred bucks. What we get 10 people contribute a hundred bucks for a thousand bucks to the Special Olympics that's the sponsor this month for Allen's Soaps, um, Allen's Artisan Soaps. That way, Zach takes video. If the thousand bucks comes in, Zach will show us the video of his, uh, his current attempt, the whole video. I'll, I'll even cheapen it. I'll even put up 500 of it. Woo! Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll go in for 500. All right. And so we only need to come up with another 500. There it is. And then I, and then I will show, I will take, if we do that, I will do the video and I will show it. Okay. So a quick way to do that, by the way, would be to sell 500 bars of soaps with Allen's artists and soaps. Cause that would be donations to the special Olympics. $1 for every bar. Go to Allen's soaps.com. Use my code word, Todd, uh, Zach, it's always a pleasure having you on. We'll figure out what to talk about next week. I'm sure there'll be news. And I want to say just go with God's good grace. Always a pleasure. Hey, you too, pal. Thank you very much. All right. And by the way, knowyourriskradio.com. Knowyourriskradio.com, right? Know your risk radio. You got it. That's where to go. You got it. All right. And get, uh, yes, sir. And do get common sense investing. Get that. That's free advice. Yeah. But it's worth yes, it. Yes, sir. It's actually, it shouldn't be free. Can you start charging for I, that? I wrote it. I wrote it, so I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, you know, we started to put the show notes into our... Um, we started to put our show notes into our uh, sub stack. And there's a reason that we did that. And it is really just this email thing just continues. You know, our friend John came in and rescued us on that. And it's, it's not, we're not with MailChimp or a campaign crusher anymore, campaign botherer. Um, but if you go to the sub stack, and you get the show notes, because a lot of people have been emailing me saying, hey, well, I really miss getting the show notes. We're going to release those now. Um, when the podcast comes out. So you can have the Substack and you can have the podcast. You can have all the full videos when we run sound clips. Those almost always come from full videos. Um, and they almost always are educational, etc. So there is, it's all you need to do in this podcast. There's a link to our Substack. Now subscribe to the Substack if you haven't yet. If you haven't yet subscribed, you'll get emails from us. And it's the show notes. And then when I write blogs, and I got to get better at writing blogs. When I write blogs, you'll get those blogs sent to you as well. So on a personal note today, I mentioned to Zach um, this, this workout. And I know, this is, you know, I spend a lot of my time in the gym. And sometimes I wonder why I spend such a, an enormous amount of time in the gym. And I've struggled to make it godly. I mean, it's not that much of a struggle, but I don't want it to be an icon. I don't want gym and fitness to be an icon. And today was a very good example of that for me. So the workout I mentioned to Zach, this is a, it's called a girl wad in CrossFit. And the creator of CrossFit, Greg Glassman, uh, said, no, no one can hurt you like a girl. So he named the, the core CrossFit workouts after girls. And what they are are benchmarks. They measure your progress. 
And so you redo these from time to time. And there's, there's different ranges. Some of them are strength. Some of them are endurance. Some of them are gymnastics. And they work in different energy systems. And I can fully geek out about this, so I won't. Karen is a horrible workout. It is awful. It's terrible. It's, it's very simply this. You take a 20-pound medicine ball. You squat way down, butt to the floor. You pop up. You throw that ball up to a 10-foot target. It's a 20-pound ball. That's one rep. You do 150 of those. And the first time I did this, I went in with the coach. She's seen thousands of people do this. She's done it herself multiple times. I said, oh, I think I could probably get this done in you know, 10 minutes. She goes, really? Yeah, 10 minutes. I figured it out. It's just this many reps. And that's, that's all it is. It's a horrible workout because there's very little nuance to it. I mean, there's form. Form matters. It really does. You know, you make it an arm workout, you're toast. So we tried it. <laughs> the plan blew up. I had a rep scream and the plan blew up. And I am a quarter way through the workout and everything's blown up. And so I'm no longer even aware of the number of reps I'm doing. It's just my coach is counting. So she's saying, that was four, come on. And she's not, she will, her, her rule is, I will not be the source of, of, of people's energy. You know, I will not be your inspiration. Well, I don't have that challenge. That thing went on for 15. I'm embarrassed to tell you, it took me over 15 minutes and I don't flop after workouts because I was taught by my wrestling coach. Don't you ever let anyone see you flop. You are never tired. Don't you ever, 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 ever let me see you. Let anyone else ever see you anything but energized. You never flop. No one on my team is ever tired. So it's just, I flopped and I'm down on the ground and I'm, I was, I had trouble walking out of the gym. That was about a year ago. And today I did that about seven minutes, seven, seven Now it's, I'm, that's not a world breaking time. It's pretty good for my age. It's, it's actually really good for my age. Here's the part about the spiritual. The pain that I went through to get to that and the reps and the concentration and the landing on the outcome, it eluded me as to what else went around that. So when I got done with that, I was reasonably happy with the time. It's, it's, a, it's a personal record. PR and it's a personal record by a good shot. And I sort of celebrated that, but then I realized something. I wasn't tired. Yeah, it was a hard workout. It was very difficult. I wasn't tired. We did more. We did strength work. We did auxiliary work. It's completely conversational. And the work that's gone on around that is this, that my core is better, my legs are better, my lungs are better, my coordination is better. All these things happened in an ancillary sense. The prayers that we go through, the work that we throw, go through getting to know God, like this couple who wrote to Zach about this fear of not being able to retire. The work that goes on when you trust the Lord, when you get into the process, you join a prayer group, you join a church, if you allow the process to change you, 
the things around you change. Your friendships change. The nature of your business changes. The nature of your investments change. The quality and, and, and quantity of friendships evolve and mature. Now, see, we don't practice Karen. We might have done that workout four times. But we practice squatting and pressing. We practice handstands and push-ups. We practice running and jumping and, and, and pull-ups and ring pull-ups and box jumps and rowing and ancillary. But that core thing, this benchmark, that, that changed. When you trust God and you go to him in these troubled times and the Lord delivers because the Lord delivers and you keep an open mind because sometimes the Lord's deliverance is not what you thought it would be. I don't think the Hebrews intended to be in the desert for 40 days, but they were. And they were ultimately delivered. The Jewish people expected a militant Messiah. That's not what they got. They got the Lord Jesus. And people who follow him are delivered. The ancillary effects of being in a Christian community are incredible. Just the way I look at people. Just the way I regard interactions. This morning, this is super embarrassing. I, I bumped a guy. Was, I didn't expect to see this ice in this area of Coeur d'Alene. It's just this aberration. All of a sudden, there's sheet ice. And glory be to God, I didn't smack him. I bumped him. We both pulled over. I jumped out of my truck, put my hands up and said, don't shoot. He laughed, checked his truck. And he just looked at me and goes, you okay? I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, no harm. I said, oh, good. You know, nice to meet you. Introduce myself. God was protecting us this morning. And he said, yes, the Lord was. Then this, I'm thinking about the gym. I'm thinking about the ancillary effects of working out. I'm thinking about the way that mimics allowing the Lord to change you. And the young man opened his tailgate to his truck. And I was concerned. Oh, I think I, maybe I broke the tailgate. Opened the tailgate to his truck and shut it again. <laughs> he came walking over. I said, oh, if I broke that, I'll pay to fix it. He goes, you fixed it. What? He said, it wouldn't open before. Are you kidding me? Your tailgate wouldn't open? He goes, no, it opens now. Ancillary effect. <laughs> when he told me his tailgate opened now, I said, no charge. <laughs> no charge. I guess God knew what he was doing, I guess, right? It's a personal note from me to you. Will you please let the Lord work on your soul the way I've let the gym work on my body? Please submit. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate you sharing the show with friends. It's the only way it grows. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind, and yes, of course, do be right with God.